0: Welcome to Many Happy Miles, a podcast that celebrates all types of forward movement, whether it's a two-hour and 35-second marathon record, as Calvin Kiptum recently ran in the Chicago Marathon, or a two-hour half-marathon goal, as many of us would uh, dream about. <laughs> We're here to say yay to it all. I'm Dimity McDowell, co-founder of Another Mother Runner.
1: And I'm Sarah Wessner Flynn, and Dimity. Today, I'm saying yay to a nice walk and talk with a good friend. I just got back. She had a hysterectomy about oh, ten gosh. days ago. Okay, yeah. so we're we're in that stage of life, you know, where our friends are having major surgeries, and yes, hysterectomy, and and she's doing awesome. I mean, she's a big um, athlete, so she's very. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I would say ready to roll, but she's like, I'm walking. I'm just walking. So it was so lovely to catch up with her, and it just, you know, it's it makes you feel like okay. You hear something like you have to have a hysterectomy, life's over. But she's really like moving through, and she has a lot of um, optimism and hope. And and it was elective, so and she wouldn't okay. mind talking about this at all. But she is going to yeah. have a better life as a result. And you know, it was really, really good and heartwarming to to see her in to a chat good with her. Yeah, state.
0: yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I mean, I feel like walk and talks are really healing and also healthy at the same time. Like I feel like healthy, like physically and emotionally, you know, like I really, I really yeah, think I- that there's something about just doing that with a friend that I just, it always refills my cup.
1: Right. And the two of us have done lots of runs together, lots of bikes together, lots of swims together. We don't often walk together. So it was really nice. Like she's slowly, She had to slow down. It forced us to like really connect. And we didn't have nearly enough time, but it was great. We just walked around a soccer field for about 45 minutes and then I scooted off. So oh, good perfect. way to start the day.
0: Yeah. Good, good. Well, yeah. and so um, I've got to ask because, um, well, when this comes out, you will have finished the Marine Corps, right? Um,
1: it's on October 29th, which is also my wedding anniversary. So it's an easy oh. date to remember.
0: Oh gosh. Okay. So it's three yeah. weeks away. So it's the same weekend yes. as Indy. Okay. It so is. that helps yeah. me. I thought for the same I thought it was before that. Excuse me, for whatever reason. So yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, you do have three. Okay. And it's so is yeah. um your wedding anniversary. So what number, <laughs> first of all?
1: Um, goodness gracious, twenty four. Right? No, that's not. Sarah. No, 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 no. I'm lying. Oh my
0: gosh, <laughs> I, I'm so bad at numbers. Nineteen. Oh, 19. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I feel like you're a little bit no, younger 18.
1: than I am. <laughs> I can't 18? even do the math. Eighteen, because we're <laughs> looking forward to. Um, why did I say twenty-four? We're looking forward to our twentieth anniversary. We want to go to Hawaii for that, but that's twenty twenty-five. So this is only twenty twenty-three. So we're eighteen.
0: Okay. Yes.
1: Yeah, it's so it's so crazy. To know exactly, like, oh, we've been married for X days now, X months, whatever. Now I'm like, what? How long? But yeah. How how many
0: years? I know, I know. I got married in 2000, so my math is really easy, mm-hmm. which is nice. So yeah, so and we got married on June 3rd, and my birthday is May 3rd. So I'm like made it very easy for Grant to like remember things. <laughs> yeah. It's a big rush. It's an intense month for gift giving for mm-hmm. me, gift receiving, which you know I'm I'm happy to do. But you know, it's my birthday, and then it's Mother's yeah. Day, and then it's our anniversary. All so the, it's a the lot. triple whammy. Yeah, yeah. you're very whammy. Whammy. at
1: that, that time. I too. am very loved. all the time, but especially. During that time of year, you're very loved. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, but that's funny. You guys want to go to Hawaii because um, we've been talking about doing that for. And that, so our twenty fifth will also be in twenty twenty five. It'll be your twentieth and our twenty fifth. And um, we've been talking about going to Hawaii as well. We want. I think we want to go to Kauai. Um, mm-hmm. We've talked about that. Um, I actually really want to do a bike tour. Oh, I thought that yeah. that would be more fun. Uh, well, I mean, Hawaii. Don't get, don't get me wrong. I'll go to Hawaii any day. But I don't know yet. I'm still. Grant's a little lukewarm on the bike. He's like, I don't want to train for our anniversary. <laughs> yeah.
1: like, maybe well, it'll be a fair, gentle bike tour. I mean, you guys are in such great shape, but maybe it'll be like, a like not, not a, you're not racing through Kauai. You're going to, you know, leisurely go along yeah. your way. I think yeah. the terrain is kind of, it's tougher there. Uh, Mark and I did go there on our honeymoon and we did the Nepali coast. We, we kayaked like, you know, the very basic kayak tour around oh. the Nepali coast. And that was so beautiful. It's like unreal. The water, the color of the water, the cliffs, I mean, everything is, is amazing. And it's a lot more rustic than the, you know, the big Island or Oahu.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, it gosh. was
1: so fun. We would probably go back there as well. I think if we were to pick, you know, any place in Hawaii, I think we'd go back to Hawaii, uh, to Kauai. Double date sure. in Kauai. We'll see you yeah, there. So we okay? I know. Look at that. Our, our, <laughs> But you're June. We're October. We can figure it out. We can. will we'll do know. something.
0: Maybe in the middle. Maybe, maybe yeah. meet in the middle. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: But I'm like, this is the one thing that we need to do. We said we would do this on our, you know, our honeymoon. We'll come back in 20 years. Now I think it's 25 years. Whatever it is. Yeah. Whatever it's been it long is. Enough that we, yeah. uh, you know, that I think we're going to go. And the question is, do we bring the kids or not? It's a long way to go, and it's also it a Hawaii, long way to go. and I feel like not bringing kids to Hawaii for the third time for me because I've been back a couple more times would be kind of you know not fair. But we'll figure that part out.
0: Yeah, but you're celebrating your anniversary, you know. Like yeah. I mean, that's important <laughs> too. You know, I mean, I hear you. I hear you. I'm. I can see both sides. I, I'm definitely on the no kids side, um, just because. But my kids are a lot older than yours, so um, yeah.
1: yeah. It's either one way or the other. The older kids are more agreeable. Maybe the younger kids are harder to deal with. Who knows? You know, it's like, they'll be fine if we don't go. But Mark and I have been on some pretty nice trips without them. So I'm like, well, this one, I think we could do it. If we we like start saving now, obviously it's two years away and I can't run a marathon that weekend either. If we do go in October, I'll have to like shelve the marathon, shelve the big plans for racing and just focus on a trip like that because that would be a, you know, a, a big, big chunk of change to do yes, that for
2: sure
0: just just focus yeah. on love sarah just focus yeah, on love. um well so that gets me that gets me back to i mean you're running marine corps you live close to dc so as as your whole family going to come and watch you cheer for you
1: Yes, this will be the first time that, like, in a while that the kids have seen me do anything because a lot of times, you know, I haven't done anything big. And last year when I did Twin Cities, it was just Mark. Um, the kids didn't come. So, um, I think ever, yeah, I don't even know if Maeve's like been to one of my races because I haven't done anything major or in my heart, major enough that like I went the whole family there. But this time I'm like, it's a great experience, regardless of whether I'm running or not. It's so yeah. fun. I, it's like, you know, this DC's big event. And, um, I think they'll really like to cheer for everybody and make signs. And so my neighbors who I've been training with, they have kids and wives. And so I hope a big contingent will go and they'll kind of work it out amongst themselves, like where they can go and then see us. And then Mark's pretty good about figuring out like where to be and, and when, uh, with four kids in tow, it might not be as easy as it was last year in <laughs> twin cities We had a, where we had a just- scooter and he was like, so I saw him so many times last year. it probably be like once or twice this year, but, um, but yeah, it should be exciting. And, um, I don't think we have any conflicts with sports that morning. Um, but if there is a soccer game or something, then one of them might have to stay back. I like yeah,
0: it. I like it. Well, good luck. Yeah. Well, wishing you good luck as you thank head you. out because um, we won't talk to you before your race now because, yeah. So have a great race. Can't wait to hear about it on the flip side.
1: Yes, thank you. All
0: right. We are going to change to our topic of the day. A few weeks ago, one of our BAM ambassadors, Andrea Good, shared that she completed a sprint triathlon, which, of course, is a great accomplishment in and of itself. But what made Andrea's feat even more remarkable is that she did it as a guide for her friend, Kate, who is visually impaired. When Andrea shared, if you ever think you can't do a triathlon, think about Kate and how she does it with no vision at all. That got us thinking, what is it like to be a guide and what are the steps needed to become one?
1: So we're happy to have Andrea, a mother of two, plus two for babies, her adorable doodles. You might see him on Instagram occasionally from (laughs) Ontario, Canada to share her experience. And later in this episode, we'll bring on Francesco Magazzano, the director of Achilles NYC Metro Region to offer more insight on getting involved as a guide. So welcome, Andrea.
0: Thank you for having me here. Excited to talk about your adventures. So let's start by having you share some of your athletic background. When did you get into running and when did triathlon come about? Um, I got into running when
3: I was probably in my mid-twenties and um, triathlon was not too long after that. I watched a friend do an Ironman and I thought, one day I want to do that.
0: Nice. Nice. And so give give us a little, a couple more details. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So in your mid twenties, like what, what, what got you into running? Just
3: for fitness, stress relief. Um, just, just a way to connect with friends. And throughout that time, I did a variety of distances, 5k, 10ks and half marathons. And every Saturday morning we'd meet up as a group. And, um,
0: I just, I just loved the, the friendship part of it. Nice. Nice. And then with triathlon, what was your, uh, like, so did you already know how to swim? Did you know how to bike? No. Well,
3: I had biked um, just on a mountain bike. I didn't even have a road bike or anything and not a swimmer at all. So as I mentioned, I watched one of my friends do Ironman in Florida. And I thought, I I want to do that. I really want to do that. So usually when I say I want to do something, I make sure it happens. And, and that was the case. So I took swimming lessons, master's program, and you know, I was always in the right lane, which was the slow lane, and that was fine. And mm-hmm. I did a sprint triathlon and an Ironman all in the same year.
0: <laughs> wow. wow! And wait, how like from your Ironman that you saw your friend in Florida to your own Ironman, how long was that? Do you remember? A
3: year later, the fall, oh my. Of November.
0: Oh my gosh! You weren't kidding when you say you like to do things. You get things done, right? No, yeah. <laughs> it
3: wasn't fast. It was
1: not a fast Iron man, but it was. Uh, it was done. Wow! Cool. Wow. That is you're the second person I've talked to this week who did an Ironman like immediately after getting into triathlon. It's like some people just have it. You just have the ambition, I guess, to, to to go from sprint to Ironman in a year. It's it's pretty cool. Um also pretty cool your friendship with with Kate. So tell us about how you met her and how did you become her guide? Okay,
3: that was about 11 years ago actually. I was pregnant with my my second, my son, and um, I was at the gym doing spin class and I saw this woman beside me and I knew she was visually impaired because someone had walked her in and they take her guide dog and leave her in the main office so I just started talking to her and I was I was really curious right like how cool is that that she's in a spin class and then I said oh do you run yes on the treadmill and I said well I can't do it right now but after I have this baby and I recover a bit would would you like to go do a run or a race together sometime? And she was like, yes, yes, yes. So it was kind of like an instant friendship. And the oh, other cool, cool thing is she lives about a kilometer from me. I say kilometer because we're in Canada. So she's just <laughs> about a, a 10 minute walk from my house.
0: Oh, that's so cool. And does she, does she have a similar lifestyle Does she have kids or?
3: She does. She has a girl and a boy as well and they have a very active life to her two kids so she she's she's very busy with that and I, I will say too so um I had a lot of questions for her at first too like just like when we met in the spin class and just when we wrote running and I would say can I ask you that and she's like I'm an open book so she's very easygoing and she went blind at age 10 actually so mm-hmm. she knows what colors are she remembers things but you know every time we get together I'm always in in awe of what she's out doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that was 11 years ago. How many races have you guys done together? You ladies, Um, I should say.
3: I'd say probably, well, triathlons, we've done maybe five and then we've done more running races. So we do five and 10 case more often than the triathlons. They just require a little less, a little less work and planning. Yeah. So yeah, probably about 15 total.
0: Well, and so talk us through a little bit like, so how do you guide her in the swim? How do you guide her on the bike and how do you guide her on the run? Just just okay. be, if if people are not I don't know actually. So yeah, so just talk <laughs> us through that.
3: Okay, so yeah, I was going to say the swim is the hardest, but they all all three disciplines have their their challenges, I guess. Um so the swim, we have it's almost like a bungee cord, but it doesn't have those little clips on it. So it's this long, thick, stretchy band and picture like a loop at each end and we step into it and pull it up over our waist. Okay. So it keeps us together, but there's still some some flexibility to it. But with that, and this last race was the most challenging, was that people kept trying to swim up in between us.
2: Oh, so
3: yeah. it, it was That's tricky hard. at times, and we both got punched in the head and feet pulled. Wow. and But we're both very calm. We both don't panic in the water. You know, we're not trying to win it. We weren't last either, but we're just like, okay. I'm like, you okay? Yep. Yeah, you okay? You okay? It's harder to communicate more when we're swimming. That's where we have the least amount of communication. But yeah, so that's how it works for the swim. So does did, did she feel you like pulling you in the right direction?
0: Is that yes. kind of how it goes? Okay. Yes. Okay.
3: Yes. And really the only time I actually speak to her during the swim is to say, we're making a turn. Okay. We're turning, mm-hmm. you know in 10 seconds, we're going to turn, we're going to turn to the right. Unless like I feel someone come up to us, but we usually swim either side by side, or she's just maybe just slightly behind me. Okay. So yeah. And then once our feet, once we can stand, I'm like, okay, we can stand. And that's a happy moment. (laughs) (laughs) And then the bike. Oh yeah. So I should say too. So for this swim, we we very rarely practice that together. We went out twice swimming together. Otherwise, she's part of a master's program and she just goes on her own and I go when it kind of works for my schedule. So we don't do a ton of training together, which is people would probably find surprising. Yeah. So yeah, so mm-hmm. she goes and practices her swim and then a couple of times we, we get out there together.
1: Obviously, your paces have to be matching, right? So would, did that just work out? Over the, you know, that you happen to be a similar abled swimmer than she is? Or do you slow down for her or vice versa?
3: Um, I slow down a bit. I slow down. Um, I mean, I'm not a fast swimmer <laughs> to, to begin with. It's just get it done kind of thing. But um, so I think for the 750 meters, we were about 23 or 24 minutes and I might be 18 or 19 minutes. So it's just, just slightly slightly slower. And yeah, it works. I, I mean, I don't feel like I'm going slow by any means out there.
1: It works out. Mm-hmm. And then you jump on the bike, right? And it, it's a, it's it's a, a tandem, tandem bike. bike. Mm-hmm. So
3: yeah, the funny question people ask, well, who sits at the front? So well the person who sees the person who can see sits up. <laughs> but you know even for the bike like we've had to have a lot of communication on our training rides cuz I always like to get off onto the right and put my right foot down where she always likes to go to the left but she agreed to to step to the right for me all the time. So yeah that the bike this was a hard one because it was 30 kilometers and lots of hills. So I felt really bad on the first big climb. I had us in the wrong gear. And I was like, okay, hey, we, we, yeah. we've got to get off for a second. We have to push it up. We weren't the only ones pushing. There were other people pushing, but I was like, "I'm sorry." And she's so easygoing with everything. She's like, "It's fine, it's fine." So I made sure not to have that happen again. But it's um, it was called grip shifting, so it's a little bit different shifting than what I have on um on my bike. So I just wasn't quite used to that.
0: Yeah, for sure.
3: So yeah, on the bike we go. And one thing that I will say, if you really want to feel special doing a triathlon, is be a guide because people cheer for you. Mm-hmm. They say oh, I'm so happy. And, or they're just like, you're so inspiring. And I'm like, it's her, it's her, right? Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm the guide. I'm just here having fun and getting her through the race, but the compliments and the kudos, and it really makes you feel good. (laughs) I bet.
1: Yeah. And you're talking a lot to her during the bike and the run, right? You're, you're letting her know, um, we're making a left, we're making a right, we're passing. Am I, I know there's a lot of chatter going on as a guide, right? Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. Yes. You know, I'll say there's a hill coming up. There's a bump. There's, there's, we're going to pass on the left. We're going to pass on the left. We're going to slow down. Let's, let's just coast down this hill for a minute. Let's, um, and then I, I'm going to take a water break. I'm going to have a sip of water. It is constant communication. So, you know, if you're doing a bike ride or a race on your own, you're just, you know, focusing on yourself. But with this one, as you said, there's a lot of communication. I would say the most communication is on the run, but on the bike, yes, it's just like, letting her know what's coming up, if there's a pothole, um, how long the hill is, what the incline is. Uh, you know, I'll just say we're, we're going to change gears and it's, it's a lot of
0: communicating. Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, can you paddle harder? We're going up the hill. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I need your help. Well, so, and I'm curious, do you, do you, I've never been on a tandem bike before. Does your cadence just fall, like, does it automatically fall in line or is it a little bit little mishmash at the beginning or how does that work? It's, it's a little funny
3: at the beginning until you get going. It's definitely harder than, than a regular bike. Okay. But then once we start going, I don't want to stop. Like, it's like, we just got to keep this momentum going and let's keep this momentum. And even, you know how sometimes at the end, well, this race had it, there's a U turn at the end and, and this bike is so long Mm -hmm. too. Right. I'm like, our goal for this U turn, this turn at the end is is to not stop, to not have to put a foot down. So I'm like, okay, we're gonna go really wide on the on the, on the U-turn here at the end of the out and back, and, and it's like the, this little celebration. Yay, we did the U-turn. Yeah,
0: yeah. Especially if you're just like going around a cone or something, right? It's not. It's not mm-hmm. like it's a roundabout, like a paved roundabout kind of thing, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Nice. And then so then the run. So you get to the run. Are you guys connected on the run, or are you just connected verbally? No, for that. We usually just use, it's almost like a little
3: face cloth, like a little towel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we just run holding on to that. It works as two purposes, keeps us, keeps us together. But then it's also like a little like sweat absorber <laughs> too. Right. So like, and sometimes if it's a real rough, if it's a really rough section, then I'll actually hold her arm because I want her closer to me and I don't want her to fall. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like there's been a couple of times where she stumbled and, um, whether it's speed bumps and and like I said, this last one was through a um like a campground. So we'd had lots of speed bumps, it had lots of potholes and just the whole time calling them all out. Like we're gonna go up a bit, we're going down a bit, pothole here, a little bump there. Oh, come to the right, come to the left. How are you doing? Do you need water? Um so I let her know we're coming up to the the water station or the aid station. Do you need water or electrolytes? And usually she doesn't, but you know, just to to call all that out and I say, well, we 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 have two choices. We can go this speed or faster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't give her the choice of slower. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, Andrea, you mentioned the cheering and the camaraderie that you get, and the, the extra attention that you get, obviously as your uh, guide. So, what would you say is the most exciting or special moment that you've had specifically with Kate as a guide?
3: I really think it was this last one because we increased the distance. Typically we've done what's called a super sprint or a try, a try, but we had a couple of friends that were doing the sprint triathlon, which was 750 meter swim, 30 K bike, and then seven K run. So that was double the distance of the disciplines. And just to finish that with her felt like a huge accomplishment. And you know, her family was there, our friends were there. And at the end of every time we go out together, whether it's a training run or a race, I always say to her, thank you for
1: trusting me. Mm -hmm.
3: Because she's putting her life in my hands. And she always replies to me and says, thank you for taking me. And like, so it's just like, I love that we both appreciate each other because, like, her life is in my hands, right? <laughs> like, her, her safety, everything is in my hands. But she's she, she feels like she's got to thank me. And I'm like, I'm happy to do this. I'm happy that you can have this experience because there's no one else around here that we know of um, that can do all three disciplines with her. She's had her husband guide her for some running races, but... No one wants to go in the cold mm-hmm. water or go on the bike for that long. So it's just, it's a really good mm-hmm. feeling.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and what kind of um, perspective has it brought to your own running and, tr- and training and racing, Andrea?
3: Um, Is It's that it's not always about how fast you are or where you place in the race. Because, you know, we often, many of us do, we, we put that emphasis and it's about, just going out there and, and doing and helping and, you know, helping someone achieve their goals instead of my goals. Right. So, and the other thing is I never get nervous when I'm out with her. So I'm like, it's not my race. Yeah. yeah, It's her race. I don't have to get nervous. I'm just, I'm her eyes and her, you know, like I, I never feel nervous, which is a weird mm-hmm.
1: feeling, <laughs> Yeah, it's a nice, great. it's refreshing too. I mean, you have nerves and probably other ways in that you don't want to make, make a mistake, but like you, you probably feel more mm-hmm. in control because that's your job is just to be her guide, like you said. So it's a different, different perspective. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: Anything else you want to add, Andrea? Like any, any obstacles you feel like you want to share or any funny stories or do you feel, I mean, it sounds like it's been a pretty smooth ride for you and Kate, which is great. Mm
3: hmm. Um, I don't know if there's any funny stories but a few neighbors kind of had a laugh when when we asked if we could use their their you know 20 foot pool to practice. <laughs> the kids were really curious, "Well, what are these two moms doing and why are they attached to each other?" and uh so, you know, my kids are so used to it now and I just say, "Oh, I'm I'm going over to Kate's house, we're going for a ride" and all the neighborhood moms are are used to us and um Yeah, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a fun experience. And I think that if, if anyone has the chance and you can do it, if it's for a running race, that's obviously more accessible. But, uh, you know, a triathlon, even more so. But even if you can help someone who's visually impaired, do it. See if you can help.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, that's a great segue to our next guest. So we'll let you go, Andrea. Thank you for sharing your okay. experience with Kate. And um, what what what's your next race? Are you guys have your summer? Your, anything set up for the fall or next? That's summer?
3: it for for the two of us. I'm actually being a I'm a pacer next weekend at the Detroit Half Marathon.
0: Oh, nice. Okay. Well, good
1: luck. Have I'll fun with that. that you just love helping people out, I Andrea. Do I, don't <laughs> <you>? I do? <laughs> That is awesome. Well good luck with the pacing. Thank you. That's a challenge in itself as well. So yes. I'm sure you can handle it.
0: <laughs> Thank you. We're gonna take a break to hear from the brands that support our podcast. Please support them in return. Stay tuned, we'll be back with more inspirational guide stories in just a second.
1: Our next guest is Francesco Maggisano, the director of Achilles NYC Metro Region, a nonprofit that supports athletes with disabilities in mainstream athletics. In his role, Francesco works on training new guides, so he'll offer some insight
0: on getting involved. Welcome, Francesco.
2: Thanks for having me. Super excited.
0: We are too. So first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get started in athletics and how long have you been with Achilles?
2: Yeah, so I've so I'm actually totally blind um, okay. myself, and I joined Achilles first back in 2017 as a blind athlete running and doing triathlons and things like that with Achilles. Uh, and then a few years in, I started working for Achilles. Um, Achilles is actually it's a global organization; we have chapters all around the world. Um, I joined the New York City uh, chapter of Achilles, and now I lead all of our operations in the five boroughs.
0: Nice. Nice. When did you lose your vision? And were you an athlete prior to that?
2: That's a great question. So I uh, lost my sight early on due to eye cancer. And so I was not active at all. I had no idea about any sort of accessible, you know, physical activities. Gym class was very much a case of like writing essays on sports instead of actually playing sports. And so I actually found Achilles very randomly. I was doing some shopping in a grocery store and a volunteer came up to me, saw my cane and was like, hey, you should you know, join this group called Achilles. We go running in the park. And so I came home, Googled it, found what it was and showed up in the park. Six years later, here we are.
0: Oh, my God. That's awesome. What wow. was that first run like? And were, were you like, you must have obviously been able to take your first run. Like, tell us about that.
2: It was very painful. <laughs> <laughs> and it took a lot of trust, right? Because like for the whole for your whole life, you're basically taught not to move into a space without feeling it with a cane first and now you're being asked to put your cane down and just trust this stranger to you know basically lead you with a tether around this park with tons of people biking and and running and dogs around you and all these different things so it's definitely a really really scary thing we have a lot of new athletes that come to us for the first time right having never participated um, in any sort of sports and you know i deal with this Every week in Central Park and in the parks across the city where, you know, we're taking people who have literally never participated in anything physically related like that and getting them to start lines of races all the way up to marathons, Ironmans, all that stuff.
1: Wow, that's incredible. So did you how long did it take from that first run to where you were actually racing with a guide?
2: Uh, Well, so Achilles, we kind of jump in, you know, head first, which is awesome for a lot of athletes. And so I actually signed up for my first race. About six weeks after I joined Achilles, Uh, it's an Achilles branded race. It's called Hope and Possibility. It's actually the largest race in the country highlighting people with disability. It has about eight or 9,000 people uh, racing. Uh, It's in June of every year in Central Park. And so I I signed up for that with the guy that I ran with the first time, you know, showing up to Achilles. We we decided to do it together. And he's still my friend now. We go running all the time together still.
0: Wow. And how long is that race?
2: Uh, It's a four miler in the park.
0: Format okay, yeah. nice, nice. Well, and I the notes here tell me that um that Sarah put together <laughs> so that they didn't they didn't just magically appear. That um, but you're also an elite para triathlete and para cyclist. Is that right?
2: Yeah, so, yeah. So I race for Team USA on on the sprint distance side. So like very short distance racing, which is you know what most of the competitive racing is for us. So that's you know 750 meter swim, 20 k bike, 5 k run. And then for fun, I race longer stuff. So I do Ironman. I was actually the the first blind athlete to complete an event called Ultraman, which is like a multi-day Ironman. I did that earlier this yeah. year. So, you know, okay. just kind of the, the range of things and activities.
0: Holy cow.
1: Yes. Were you with um, Steve Keller? Did you meet him in that? Pro- in that me- at
2: Ultra? Steve Keller sounds very familiar. I think yeah, so. Yeah, I think
1: he might have been competing in that in that one. Um, and now I, now that I, my memory is jogged, I remember there was a lot of social media around you. Wasn't there?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It exactly. was, yes. I mean, it's cool. Cause it's, it's, there's only like 35 people, right. That, that race this every year. So it's a very small community. So that's very cool. You remember that?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that I did not put two to two together before this, but that's a cool race so like when you did run with the guide for the first time and something just magic happened and then you were like okay I'm gonna stick with this and then maybe even make a career out of it or just was it like a little bit more organic than than that
2: after experiencing it for the first time well I'd say first I couldn't walk for like five days so that's that's one thing (laughs) then it's this like it's this experience of freedom right and liberation where it's like it's something you have never experienced before and it's it just inspires so much joy. And, you know, again, we use the word freedom. It starts with athletics, but then it seeps into the rest of your life, right? All of a sudden, like professionally, you know, personally, socially, community wise, like everything just starts to expand because this one part of your life just got transformed. So it's just a really cool experience that we bring to people all across the world.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just can't. Do you have any contact with a person that came up to you into the grocery store? Like, is that person still a volunteer?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I actually it took like a year or two to reconnect with the guy because it was just such a random, you know, encounter. But yeah, we definitely yeah. connected and we ran together. And it's, it's, you know, I'm like, bro, you're, you're the origin, like you are why I'm here
0: I mean, he changed your life. I mean, for to go from nothing to an ultraman, I mean, that is that is crazy. That's so cool.
2: He didn't Um, ask me to name my firstborn child after him, but it's (laughs) on the short list of 5,000 names that I okay. Okay. (laughs) All
0: right. All right. All right. Well, so if if we have people, um, and I know we do because we are a a community of people who love to help, um, who want to. Take the first step in becoming a guide for um, a road race or a triathlon, but let's keep it simple by just saying a road race. What what are the first steps? Like, are there qualifications you have to meet or talk about that?
2: Yeah, it's a great know. question. So, first, right, Achilles International, the website, AchillesInternational.org, that is the easiest place to find the closest chapter near you. And even if there is no physical chapter, we have virtual options, you know, we have racing events all across the country. So Achilles international.org. That's where it all starts. You could sign up. We handle all the training. So you might be like, Oh, I have no idea how to guide an athlete. I might, you know, I might crumble under stress. I might do all these things that none of that matters because we handle all of the training for people. We equip them with any equipment that they might need, right? Tethers or things like that. Um, And we make the connections between volunteers and athletes. So Literally you can come with absolutely no knowledge with nothing at all. even if you don't run, even if you just walk 20 25 percent of our athletes, all they do is walk you know they all, they're just they just come out, they do their one mile loop of the reservoir in Central Park walking. you know this is their community, they chat with their friends and then they go home and that's 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 all they want to do and that's totally fine. So you know just sign up AchillesInternational.org and we'll handle the rest.
0: So do I have to, do I have to get trained as a guide? Or do, you, do I get some tips or something <laughs> before I yeah, show yes.
2: up? When you, yeah, when you show up, you, there's an orientation session. Okay. And that can look a little different just depending on what program you sign up for, right? We have a freedom team for ill-wounded and injured veterans. We have a Team Achilles Kids program. Again, we have a multi-sport team, right? Try Achilles. So just depending on where you sign up and kind of where you find yourself, th- there will be training for you
1: and okay. and from that training is that how you match guys with athletes because there has to be a lot of compatibility and trust involved right
2: totally yeah it, it starts with with physical criteria right like when people sign up for for example my tuesday evening central park workout um, volunteers will sign up They'll you know they'll say what pace they want to do what's their preferred distance and that's how i pair all of the athletes and volunteers together but then you know for races and more complicated training sessions it goes beyond that right you want people to match personality wise and and goal wise and just, you know, uh, what, what their mindset is, all, all, all that goes into guide athlete pairing.
0: So who we, we just talked to Andrea, who um, guide is guides her friend Kate um, up in Canada, um, they do runs and triathlons together. And she's like she said, she's talking all the time, you know, just to give Kate and I except for on the swim, not so much, but <laughs> giving her a lot of insight on where they are on the bike hills coming all that kind of stuff. Like, that's not a no-brainer, but i that's probably a good step one. Are there other things like that that are just kind of like the mainstays of guiding somebody?
2: Yeah, I would say you, you have to get used to verbalizing the things that you notice already, but don't. Okay. Say, right. So if you're running in the park, you, you'll notice there's a crack in the pavement, there's a pothole, there might be a tree branch just kind of drooping down a little low. Like you'll notice all these things, but normally, right, there's no reason for you to verbalize it. So it's basically taking all these things that you normally would realize and just getting used to talking and speaking it out loud. A lot of people who ride in, in Pelotons, not like the company, but, you know, groups of bikes, right? They're called Pelotons. They're yeah. used to this actually, because you, you do call outs, right? If you're riding in a pack of 20 cyclists, the, the front people are always calling out pothole, you know, clear right, clear left, things like that. So they actually take onto this a little easier because they're just used to calling things out. But that's a big one.
0: Cool. And so um, is is there like any, there's no pace requirements or anything? Like you said, there you have walkers. So it's not yeah. like I have to be like, oh, I have to be able to run a sub 30 minute 5k or something like that. Like you can definitely come as you are and still be a benefit to yeah. an
2: athlete. Literally any level, any age, we have volunteer, we have, you know, teen volunteers all the way up to volunteers in their eighties. We got like everything. So just no, just show up yeah <laughs> that's all it is it sounds
1: up. like it's a very welcoming community and that's new york but then you mentioned there are clubs and outlets all over the country and even worldwide if somebody is not in the new york city area right
2: yeah literally everywhere you might think i'm uh, going on vacation we're probably there so you can't escape achilles if you, even if you try mm-hmm. um I'm, mm-hmm. I'm actually so i'm half japanese and half italian and there are chapters in both of those countries um, so when I went on vacation to Tokyo a couple of years ago, I ran with the Tokyo chapter. And it's really cool because, you know, they do things a little different, but it's still on brand with Achilles, you know, like they'll run a, a lap of Yoyogi Park and then they'll stop for like pickled vegetables and then they'll <laughs> run another lap of Yoyogi Park, you know? So, yeah, I mean, uh, in the U.S., New York City is a flagship. We have Boston, D.C., Houston, and Chicago. Those are kind of the satellite flagships. But then we have dozens of other chapters all around. Mongolia is actually one of our bigger ones internationally. So. Oh, wow. all, all over the place. All
0: right. All right. Well, and I, this goes without saying, but I would love to have you verbalize it. Like what, what do people get out of it? Um, you know, the guides, and I think the the athletes as well, I mean, everyone's an athlete there, but you know what I'm saying? Like talk a little bit just about the experience and why it's worth giving it a go.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's so I can't, I can't, narrow it down in in a short thing that's less than a thousand words but (laughs) people they get their lives changed right they literally my life is completely different even the day after I showed up let alone six years later right people their their whole worlds are opened up opportunities it starts with athletics right but then people stay for the community these are people who are Lifelong friends now, right? They're members who've been members with we've been around for 40 years and they're literally guys who've been showing up to the same park bench for the last 30 years, you know, who are still coming and just building community. And so it's just it's a it's a great group of people. Nice,
0: I like it. Yeah. What's your next adventure, Francesco? <laughs>
2: um, I'm running New York City Marathon. Um, I just did Chicago. That was definitely like a fun race for me. Congratulations. Fresh, fresh yeah, off yeah, Chicago,
1: cool. a couple days.
2: It was super fun, super fun. Um, I don't normally take races easy, so it was, it was kind of refreshing just to chill out and just have a good time.
0: Do you have the same guide? Like, will you have the same guide in Chicago and New York City, or do you get different people?
2: In this case, I will. Um, I, I have like eight or 10, you know, regular guides that I kind of cycle through. Just, I mean, we're all just friends, right? So we all just kind of figure out what races we want to do and, and do them. Um, okay. If I'm doing more competitive stuff, I have like two, maybe three guides that are, you know, that's the focus, right? We're, we're competing and we're going to place well and, and fun as a second side, you know, second rung. Mm-hmm. But okay. for most of what I do, I just race with friends and have a good time.
0: All right. So what's the goal for NYC? Are we racing that one? Or are we also that for quote unquote fun?
2: I don't, I don't really train for marathons. So whenever I sign up for a marathon, it's kind of for fun. So, I mean, we have Achilles has 500 people race in New York City Marathon, right? That's across athletes with disabilities, guides, and charity runners. Okay. And so it's just a massive Achilles party. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that is basically what, Achilles, what New York City Marathon is. So it's just going to be great.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it.
1: Yeah. So my question for you is when um, you do a marathon, let's say you're going to do it intently, you're trying to get a PR or whatever, do you have the same guide throughout or do people swap out just to make sure they keep you on the pace that you want to go?
2: idea my ideal situation is that i run with two guides for the whole thing mm-hmm. and i'll you, know, you i'll usually switch off the tether halfway through and you know whoever is guiding me like whoever's on the actual tether right they'll stick close to me and then the second guy will kind of run around play interference if there's other runners around or they'll you know jump into aid stations grab cups and fuel and stuff and bring it to us so that we don't have to get into the the, the mess of all the people kind of you know trying to grab things so that that's the ideal scenario for for Ironman and stuff like that, for triathlon, you're only allowed one guy. Mm-hmm. So we, we make the best out of that situation. But for, for road racing, a lot of times you're you allowed to have two guys.
0: Got it. Yeah. Takes the pressure off them a little bit. Okay. One more question because you're so well-spoken. I mean, and, and I hope that this is not insulting or anything, but how you must be so in tune with your body and your effort level, right? Because you're not distract. I can't imagine you're as distracted as people who can see with good vision,
2: right? Oh, you'd be surprised. There's some pretty distracted blind people out there. Um, I don't think, yeah, I don't think lack of sight makes you any more focused. Um, When you're racing, it definitely helps to be focused, right? Like I I love, so obviously I run with Garmin watches and all that stuff, but being able to use, you know, RPE rate of perceived exertion as a metric accurately is definitely helpful while racing. And so that's something I, I definitely rely on for sure.
0: Okay. You don't have like a sixth sense that uh, – like a, a deeper sense than what you would imagine a regular athlete has. I
2: think – so a question I get a lot, right, is if you're blind, does that mean your other senses are heightened? And yeah. usually what I'll say to that is I think it's it's less that they're heightened. It's more that you're just used to tuning into the other senses more. So like hearing, okay. for example, right? Like if I'm on a race course, obviously all I'm doing is listening to things the music, right, people cheering, all that stuff. So I probably notice more than a sighted person would just by listening. Um, I don't think they're necessarily hiding, hmm. unless you're my competitor. If you're my competitor, then I'll say, yeah, I have like super Terminator senses and I'm coming after you.
1: <laughs> I love your competitive spirit.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Awesome. that's awesome. Well,
1: thank you for joining us and um, for providing such great insight about Achilles International and about your you know, amazing accomplishments as well. Good luck in New York City and everything you're going to do beyond that because I'm sure you're going to make some more history in other races. Um, Pretty cool about Ultraman too. Uh, That's not an easy feat. You kind of downplayed it, but you're out there for days. So... (laughs)
2: It's a long day, for yeah, sure. Yeah,
1: day, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's many, many hours. So, thank you.
2: Long, long, multiple days. Yes,
1: but um, <laughs> thank you so much, and good luck with your, your, you know, both sides of your career as an athlete and as and as a manager at at Achilles.
2: Thanks. Yeah. Listen, if you guys ever want to come out and, and run, we'll we'll do a little jog. You'll do like hands-on guide training.
1: That sounds amazing. I mean, I mean yeah. Fun. Every time I talk to anybody who's done done it, it's just more and more inspiring. So, thank you for continuing that momentum.
2: Yeah. Sure.
0: We'll definitely link to um, the Achilles organization, the website in the podcast notes, just in case anybody wants to check it out right as they're listening. So, if you've had a long-term injury or illness, or postpartum, or simply just hit a roadblock in your life or motivation, our Return to Run program is a safe, effective, and fun way to find your running groove again. You'll spend 12 to 15 weeks incrementally getting stronger and running longer, while our two expert coaches, Jen Harrison and Liz Waterstrat. Be by your virtual side the entire time The best part You go at the pace that works best For your body the whole time Karen was sidelined from Running for six months and wondered if she'd ever Be able to get started again I love this program she says it was exactly What I needed ease me back into Running along with some really good Strength workouts we will Link to the return to run program in Our show notes if that's something that's resonating With you check it out our podcast today was produced by Barry Mador of Fire on the Bluff in St. Paul, Minnesota.